Welcome back to SEL Convergence. Tom's conversation today centers around the health and well-being of educators, the people that are in charge of taking care of our children and protecting their mental health, and just looking at what it's like for them today and how we can help support them. Tom? Thank you, Mike. I really appreciate all that you have done for our work here in our podcast. And uh, I am overjoyed today to have a very, very dear friend, uh, a friend of mine, a friend of schools, and a very dear friend of my family. Uh, with us tonight is Dr. Meg Givnish Brazina. Meg, welcome. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here with you. I'm so happy you're here. We need you. Education needs you. They need to hear what we're talking about tonight. Uh, Meg is a therapist. Uh, she is has vast experience in mental health in the addictions field. Uh, she is the founder and the director of Problem Solving Theater, uh, a psychodrama troupe, which I had the incredible privilege of watching work repeatedly uh, in our earliest days of student assistance program training in the state of Pennsylvania, uh, where Meg and her troop would come out every Tuesday night of a five-day residential training when we trained every single school district in Pennsylvania. That was 501 public schools starting in 1983, I think it was, and then uh, well into 1990. So Meg, thank you so much again for being with us. So my friend, my primary concern that brings me to invite you on this podcast is our schools today. And it's not that I have concerns about what educators are doing or not doing, my concern is the health and well-being of my friends in education, locally and across the country. Uh, I am very, very concerned. Uh, I'm concerned for the veterans who are leaving early. Uh, and it's not just because of the pandemic, it's also because of all the really nasty politics that are happening in school boards. And I'm also concerned for the very young and, and, and newly entering the field of education. Uh, I'm hearing from these 20-something folks that I, I hope are listening to us tonight, that they're not sure they want to stay in the career. Yes, I hear you. So as a therapist, as somebody who's engaged every day with healing, uh, what are some thoughts you have initially about uh, all of us in education. Thank you for giving me the chance to uh, speak with you and with whoever is listening about this. Uh, I am concerned as you are and uh, about our, our culture in general. Uh, my, first, uh, my first thought when you asked me about this was uh, to go back to a workshop I had done years ago called Help for the Helpers. Mm. Forever, for the, all the time I've been working in the field of the helping professions, the healing professions, what I've seen is that those of us who work in this education helping field, <clears throat> generally speaking, um, we are the ones who, A, are not 
well taken care of and b we don't really uh know how or we're not given permission to take care of ourselves and so it it's a it's been so difficult and as the years have gone by i've seen that it's gotten more difficult and the what's happening i believe is it's we're having a spirit crisis people who go into education go in because the spirit drives us to do what what we feel we should be doing and what we're dealing with is not not just a curriculum um it's a curriculum and underneath that curriculum is a is the spontaneity the creativity and the development of the spirit and of these children and and students but how do we keep our spirit and our uh soul alive uh, i will just say one quote from dr moreno who was my mentor in psychodrama who pointed out that it is quite possible for one's creative ego to die long before our physical ego dies mm. and i and it really stuck with me like people are walking around looking like they're alive and and functioning but the creative ego or the, the spirit of 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 us is not being nurtured it's you know we we can they call it the, the fancy term in psycho in uh, psychology for that is we um we dissociate mm. we go through the cases and in doing that we're not nourishing the part of ourselves that is so important uh that is in love with beauty and creativity and spontaneity and we are not being affirmed for doing the work that we really join these professions to do um as you mentioned how scary it is uh for school boards for people in the teaching professions who are in a sense being attacked mm -hmm. how how does how do i and how do my colleagues learn to stop breathe not just smell the roses but to acknowledge um i'm doing this work because i believe in the goodness and the genius in each person mm. and and that's what i love to to work with people on now you mentioned the word permission and uh a lot of our our work in schools is around self-care for the educator and when you talk about permission what are your thoughts about what educational leaders principals superintendents etc what kind of messages can they be sending what what do they need to be doing to give uh the the educator in the classroom the counselor uh everybody on the front lines like mike what what what's the message we need to be giving or what what do leaders need to be doing well first of all <laughs> it's interesting the leaders 
whether they're the administrators, the school board presidents, whatever they are, the leaders need to be given permission either by themselves or by other people to, first of all, take care of themselves, mm -hmm. to role model uh, taking care of their spirit, their, dr their drive, their creativity. And what I see happening, and I'm sh and you do too, I'm sure, is we have administrators, we have principals who who are wonderful, well-meaning people, but when they are under uh, attack, or mm -hmm. if you, and I would call it attack, actually, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when they're not being acknowledged and affirmed. Um, it's almost they have that's where it starts in in some level for, for people in those positions to say wait a minute i really need to step back and say and what do i stand for why did i come into this field it's not just to make sure that this rule is followed or that rule is followed or this part of the curriculum but it's because i care about people and I care about the whole person. And what happens is we're, we're getting, uh, we're in a society that moves so quickly. That's one other thing. If I would say one thing as a start, it's to stop. Just stop. Breathe. Look around. And allow, allow the, uh, the whole person to say, am I, am I doing what I believe I'm supposed to be doing in this life? Now that's, I, I don't mean to be like a, a preacher from a pulpit, but the truth of the matter is, is yes, if the, if the um, administrators could see, and I know the work you do is, is geared toward helping the uh, the teachers and the online people to um, nourish their own spirit, their own creativity. Uh, if, if they're, it's almost, uh, um, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of getting at a loss for words now because I'm thinking as I'm talking to you of the enormity of the problem. Mm. So, so you mentioned for, as we pause, both the administrative leadership as well as the educators on the front lines every single day. As we pause, you asked, what I heard is, let's reflect on, on what I stand for. And when, you, when you share those words with me, what I stand for, for me, just that pause and the asking of that question is an act of courage. Absolutely. Courage is incredibly important. We all need incredible courage these days. I remember reading years ago a book by Eric Frome mm. called Escape from Freedom. Mm. Eric Frome wrote this book a long time ago. And, and what he said was that we human beings, if we're not careful, will give up our freedom more easily than we will hold on to it that there's something about 
there's a seductiveness about saying, you know, I, I, I don't need, I don't need to stay. I don't need to have, or I don't have the courage to, to, um, acknowledge my spirit, my, my soul, my, my need to care for other people. And Eric Fromm talked about how incredibly high percentages of people, um, unless we stop, again, breathe, realize uh, that I, I'm being seduced almost into giving up some of the most precious qualities that I have as a human being. Tell me more about that seduction. I'm being seduced into giving up uh, my, my precious qualities. T- tell, tell me what that looks like uh, so that our folks, are, that our listeners can be aware. And I, I always thought awareness was the first step in change. It, it, awareness is. And the next step is courage. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, Freud, <laughs> Freud kind of thought, well, once the person finds out what the problem is, they'll change. And that was only part of the, the whole process. And so awareness, yes. But awareness that says, perhaps uh, in psychodrama, for instance, I would love to be able to do some psychodrama with folks like this to say, mm-hmm. To people, let's stop and say, what is it inside of you that that you believe in, that you cherish, that has brought you into this field? And and do we have to do a little time travel? Do we have to go back ten years? Do we have to go back twenty years? Think about what were some of the beliefs and the and the dreams or whatever you would like to call it that caused you to put yourself into this field. And because somebody who's been, this has been occurring for a long time, as you know, is many times in the past, you'd have young teachers come in and they'd sit in the lunchroom and hear the other old guys talking about uh, how awful it is and oh my god isn't this terrible and you know we worried even back then about how how much harm that does to the new people well the new people that are coming in now may come in with this glimmer this glimmer of hope this this desire to make a difference However, we also live in a culture that doesn't value that. Mm. Uh, the, the values of our culture are that surround us uh, are very um, negative, or or they are they don't those the values that we have are get ahead, be successful, make money, um, be better than somebody else, be judgmental. Those are the values that actually are uh, appreciated, to, and I use that term loosely, in our culture. Mm. So we're, what we're talking about here is one person at a time 
pulling back and and saying, what am I willing to 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 embrace? What am I willing to continue to express and believe in, in spite of the values of the culture in which we live? I know it sounds kind of depressing, but I don't believe. I I think there there are those of us like yourself who believe that we can still make a difference and and we the, the difference we want to make is the difference in people's character beliefs um their ability to love to empathy that's the other thing that, that mm. one of the going off a little bit but one of the studies that have been done recently show there's an incredible decline in in the number of people who score adequately on the empathy scale. Wow. The ability to put ourselves in the part place of another person. And um, so that says a lot. It says, so one of the first places I would go to say is, um, a lot of times, as you know, we, we would do what we call role reversal. Ask the ask the the boss, so to speak, or the leader to reverse roles with the student or the uh, the under underling, and and to guide them really into putting themselves into the place of another person, mm-hmm. and until we take the time to do that we can indulge in in kind of methods of i would call it almost cruelty to mm-hmm. to people to just to, to not acknowledge the real person in front of us a lot a lot to say yeah the the um what i hear is this reclaiming of our souls mm-hmm. yes and i know for me i need to make sure i spend disciplined time every day in quiet mm-hmm. in in prayer and meditation mm-hmm. and uh you know for, for for a person in my role that's probably a little easier to do than than the teacher mike what time did you get up this morning uh, like 5.30. Right. Yeah, you know, <laughs> Thank you. Yes. That's, that's And you're you know. still going. You're right. 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 He's still going. And, and when he's done with us, he'll go put two little babies to bed. <laughs> and, and what a gift that would be with the babies. Uh, but you'd be so, any, anyway, you get so tired <laughs> that it's hard to enjoy it. I think going back to being a little bit more practical the first thing you said tom was really important is stop yeah just stop and the second thing is be quiet yeah the the truth truth is is so is very loud in in silence we need the, the the truth to grow its voice in silence mm. I would have ask invite people to take their pulse for a minute 
Now, you know, in hospitals, nurses used to, when they took your pulse, they take it for a whole minute. Right. They take it for 15 seconds and multiply it by four. That's our life force. Yeah. A simple exercise like that. Just stop a couple times a day and take your pulse. And it, I've had people do this, and, and I've had a number of graduate students be extraordinarily resistant to it, and some embrace it. And so these are very simple things to kind of bring to people for starters. And, you know, as opposed to lecturing them, say, hey, let's just stop. Mm-hmm. You know, and the others, and I won't go on because there's other things like breathing break, mm-hmm. taking breathing break. But the silence, that's where it starts. I, I am aware of that when I am uh, sitting in silence. And for me, it's uh, morning. Uh, I'll start off with just quietly reflecting on the people and the life experiences I'm grateful for, uh, you know, and, and, and then, then I'll, I'll move into some, some particular books and sacred uh, scripture that I love to read that centers me. And then I will just be quiet. And, and, and even when, you know, the busyness of life calls to me, I will go back to focus on breathing and, and just try to pay attention to that. One thing you said a little bit ago, uh, and I'm not sure if I remember the exact words, but this is this, this healing process is going to be, a, uh, it, it's up to each one of us. Those are my words, not yours. Uh, and and I know we both believe in in creating supportive communities. Uh, but talk more about uh, moving from that individual, whether it be a veteran educator or a young educator, the things that we can do ourselves, which is what you've been talking about, to helping build that supportive community where we're maybe to go back to your words, maybe we're giving each other permission, not waiting for our boss to do it, but giving each other permission. I think, yes, the point you just made there at the end was not waiting for our boss to give us permission to do it. Because a lot of times that's our escape from freedom is well my boss should help me with this or my principal or somebody and they're not doing it well that's an escape <laughs> um so you know it, we have one of the most successful movements and of course i'm a little bit prejudiced here as and i remember is uh, speaking of support groups is uh, the creation of say alcoholics anonymous mm-hmm. I remember being in a workshop, doing a workshop with Scott Peck from the Road Less Traveled film. And what he said was he thought that the creation of the 12-step programs 
should be acknowledged as the most important achievement of the 20th century. Wow. Now that's quite a quite a statement. Yes, it is. Um what what I've found certainly is that support of of the 12-step programs and the group of people that come together with a well-defined single purpose. One of the problems I think we get into when we're talking about support groups is we make it like, well, you have to be this and you have to be that and you have to do this and you have to do that. It, one of the things that, that I learned uh, in my psychodrama training, and I totally believe, we human beings are more alike than we are different. Yes. We're more alike than we are different. And we spend so much time looking for the differences that we forget about the likenesses. Mm. The idea, for instance, of, for instance, with the Quakers, by the way, they get together and they're quiet together. Mm -hmm. What a wonderful support group. Mm -hmm. So I, I do really believe in, in the need for these, the support system. Mm -hmm. How to develop support systems in a way that doesn't get too complicated. Yeah. So when you mention AA, one of the things I always thought and felt is that the 12 steps, whether you are impacted by the disease or not is just a great way to live your life. I I couldn't agree with you more. If you if you uh you know if you just take the first three steps of the 12 steps and you say I admit that my that my life is unmanageable, which I think there's not a person on the on the earth today that couldn't say their life is unmanageable, you know. I admit I'm, my life is unmanageable. And I admit that there is a higher power that can restore me to sanity. Mm. A lot of people have problems with that term sanity. They don't believe they're insane. Right. I, I don't want to argue with them about that, but uh, um, it, it is, and then the third is turning my life and my will over to the care of God or to what I call good orderly direction. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be God himself. Good orderly direction. Right. If I and every teacher and administrator and person says, you know, my life's really unmanageable. Um. It's unmanageable in a lot of ways. There, it's unmanageable in ways like I don't even know. Mm. And then move to, okay, what's the next step? I admit it's on my, my life is unmanageable. And you know what? I need some help. Mm -hmm. And in order for me to know about the help, I need to be quiet for a while. I need to breathe. I need to to say there's a higher power. And and that's another thing we can distinguish is if we learn to pay attention to a higher power as opposed to the power that is demonstrated as being valued in our society, 
that's a huge step. Yes. The power that is supposedly valued in our culture is not a higher power. Yeah. So that brings us back to to something we spoke about earlier. That's reclaiming our soul. Absolutely. And some, you know, I I kind of use the term spirit and soul interchangeably. Some people have trouble with one or the other, but the soul of us is this marvelous thing that makes us um, a precious human being, mm-hmm. you know, and and that's what we're looking at, the precious human being, which is endowed with the soul. Mm-hmm. And, and what is, you know, even saying, what does soul mean to you? What, what do you, what does your soul say to you? Mm. A lot of people will look at me and say, I don't understand what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, and that's why I keep talking about these little baby steps, mm-hmm. the breathing breaks and the taking your pulse and stuff. It's almost like what Moreno also said was, in order to, in order to perform a creative act, you have to have a warm up to a creative act. Hmm. And a lot of times I've seen people go in and say, okay, folks, we're all going to stand up and we're all going to have fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Uh, I just came from here, there, and everywhere. I need to warm up to this. <laughs> maybe I, maybe, you know, hold hands with everybody in the group for a minute or something. And you know, all the wonderful things you do with groups, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's like we desperately need what we're talking about is something that that our teaching pe- professionals, helping professionals, people in general, we desperately need it. It's fascinating. You mentioned the word precious. And so every educator that I know is listening to this podcast right now would absolutely own that they see in their students a precious soul, spirit, human being. But somehow we have a hard time seeing the preciousness in the mirror. Yes. And you know what a great response to that is? as a uh, say I'm, I'm a teacher and I talk about the precious students that I have. Well, I can't, how do you know these are precious students if you don't know what precious is? Mm. So it's almost like a Socratic thing, turning it back like, hey, your students are precious. How do you know about preciousness? Mm. What is it in you that that has taught you about that because and then again that's almost like it's like shock therapy (laughs) when you say it to somebody it's interesting as you're speaking what's coming through my mind is often in our work we we talk about making the implicit explicit And, and 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 as i as i hear you speaking that's what's running through my mind let 
let's really examine what does preciousness mean? Mm -hmm. uh, and in the world of the educator, Mike, elementary educator, what's mm -hmm. it look like? What's it sound like? What's it feel like? And 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 to say uh, in somebody you know you say this to a group and you probably see a few people in the group their eyes are rolling like, what the heck did I come here to talk about this preciousness thing you know and it's so important to kind of it's almost again I talked about the other kind of seductiveness it's also important to seduce people into this thought about my preciousness mm -hmm. to to seduce to say okay indulge me for a minute <laughs> mm -hmm. what's your preciousness about mm -hmm. me one thing um so in order and and when you say this is what i think and i feel is precious about me so how do you see that in the students that you teach mm -hmm. How does that preciousness come out in the in the, the students? And you know, again, I go back to Moreno, who's one of the things he said was our school systems, and this is way back, are so busy training the spontaneity and creativity out of our students. Our students come in with this incredible amount of spontaneity and creativity. And if we're not careful, we train it out of them. We say, no, no, color within the lines. We say, sit in your desk. You know, <laughs> of course, I went to Catholic school, so mm -hmm. that's a whole other thing. But um, so I think of that so much because actually what I see now, just the personal thing, in the work that's being done with my great-grandson, in school is so much is being done that helps him to be his creative self. Mm. I pick it up when, you know, when we're playing hide and seek and that kind of mm. stuff. And, um, but going back to, it, it all comes back to, I have these students in front of me. I have these patients. Let me stop and look at my, myself. And do I believe it when I say, and I used to say this a lot when I was working with the drug addicts, you are a precious human being. I would look them in the eyes and say, you're a precious human being. And they would feel so uncomfortable. Mm. And I would say, and I think I'm a precious human being. <laughs> and then they would think I was like out of my mind or something. <laughs> but um, it, it's it's kind of okay saying the word precious gives it value mm -hmm. we, we don't value words like that yeah. yeah precious creative uh unique uh fascinating mm -hmm. you know those kinds of things we don't value that mm -hmm. and 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 that's where well we all Many of us, like yourself and like Mike and myself and some other people that I know, we say, hey, I really, I really want to make sure I don't let this hate be taken away from me. Mm. I, I, I need to just do this crazy stuff, you know, which 
thought to be crazy, unfortunately. Um, but that's where education is so incredibly more important today than it was even, and I'm pretty old, I went to school a long time ago. You know, in those days, uh, we did what we were told to do and that's kind of stuff. And some of us still survive. Meg, I, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for tonight. And I want to ask our listeners to, to focus on that that final conversation, uh, not only the preciousness of the students we work with, but the preciousness of every colleague that's in the building with you. And then please, everyone listening, please don't forget the preciousness of yourself. Meg, thank you so much for this evening. Mike, thank you as always. All of our listeners, thank you so very much, everybody. Have a great night.